Welcome to the 1717 Podcast, a ministry of Roseville Baptist Church with Pastor Jackie Hill. There is no such thing as your truth and my truth. There is only truth and untruth. And Pastor Derek Ambrose. We have to stop searching for truth in our culture when God's already given us the answer. Jackie and Derek answer important questions with the truth of God's Word. In John 17, 17, Jesus prayed, Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. Here's your host, Derek Ambrosen. Hello, everyone, and welcome into episode 70 of the 1717 Podcast. I'm Pastor Derek Ambrosen, and I'm joined by Pastor Jackie Hill. Jackie, how are you doing today, man? I am doing great. Really looking forward to the retreat we get to go on this weekend, the Minnesota-Wisconsin mm-hmm. Baptist Conventions Pastors and Wives Retreat. And uh, I got everything squared Rolls away. off the tongue. Doesn't it? Oh, man, it's a mouthful. But I uh, got everything squared away. Karina's parents are staying at the house. They're going to be taking care of our kids and taking care of our zoo. Because as you know, we've got a whole bunch of animals. We got dogs and we got guinea pigs and we got chickens and lizards and turtles. And it, it's a zoo at our house. Yeah, yeah. That You guys could, you can keep all those to your house. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, we, we currently have none, just two little kids, and that that's plenty. Yeah. So um, Karina's parents got to take care of our kids and the zoo at the same time. And I know you're looking for it too. What else is going with you, man? Yeah. Uh, no, I, I got my folks up. They just got in today, actually, as we're uh, Wednesday that we're recording this and uh, going to watch our kiddos over the weekend as well. So uh, looking forward to that. I just came off a, a great. Uh, youth guys weekend at, at my house we um <laughs> that was a zoo too <laughs> yeah it, it was a zoo um it definitely was it smelled like a zoo in there and uh a lot of it was because of your son so you can uh, he, he can take a lot of responsibility the apple for doesn't that. fall far from the tree <laughs> but we uh we went through the weekend and watched uh, the whole lord of the rings trilogy uh as i had watched it more recently and thought you know i think this would be good for some of these guys to watch you know there's some uh it's, it's not a christian movie but there are definitely some gospel pictures you can find in there, uh, and uh, just a lot about manhood. I think in yeah, exactly in uh, in 2022. I think a lot of guys growing up, uh, well, I mean, the world can't define what a man is, so it's kind of hard to uh, yeah. to become one uh, for for younger guys growing up, especially if their dad isn't there to uh, help do it for them. So uh, just going through some some of the principles of valor and loyalty and, and fighting for what's right, even when it looks like, you know, you may, you may suffer for it, uh, what is like just a theme throughout that whole, that whole movie series. And the guys loved it. Only, I think two of the 10 guys had seen it before your son being one of them. And I don't think he remembered uh, all of it either, but, uh, yeah, they, they, they embraced it. We had a good time at uh, a grand slam event center too, with bumper cars, uh, you know, mini golf, Laser tag the works. Uh, some it did end a little tough. Uh, a lot of kids got a little sick. I think we had a count of seven. It got up to people that threw up Sunday at some point. Yeah. Uh, most of them not at my house, so that was appreciated. But uh, a couple of them did. So uh, yeah, what, what better way to end a guys' weekend than everyone being sick? Well, if it makes you feel any better, um, they made it through everything you did. They actually got sick, so they didn't have to come hear me preach. So. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 true. <laughs> Whatever it takes, man. But uh, no, so so things things are good there. But uh, excited again today's episode. Actually, a question that was asked by a girl in my youth group, Tierney, uh, who who brought young this lady. up last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah young lady. So love it. Yeah. And she asked the question: Do animals go to heaven? And uh, one that I think has been kind of debated, but I don't know that uh, th- there's usually a lot of evidence on, on either side. It's just, well, they have to because my, you know, I couldn't imagine heaven without my dog and my dog is great. And but but why do we believe that? So she asked this question 
And uh, so I, I thought it'd be a great one to answer on today's show. Yeah. And you know, there was a movie about it back when I was a kid. It was a really, really popular movie. Yep. All, all Dogs Go to Heaven, animated movie. Um, and that movie traumatized me, by the way, when I was a kid. There was some, have you seen that movie? I, I have not. I remember we, we had it, but I, I was not a huge dog guy, so I, I didn't really care at the time. All right, well, that, that movie's got some, some scary stuff in it, to say the least. But uh, they did not make one about cats going to heaven because uh, everybody knows cats go to hell. But uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Half <laughs> the <laughs> listeners gone. <laughs> but uh, so, I, you know, as a kid, I remember thinking about that and, and asking my parents because we, we had a dog and, you know, did the dog go to heaven? And, and so this is actually something that I believe the Bible gives us some principles, some ideas, some things to think about. Um, it's, it's worth it's worth considering. And so let's let's jump into it, man. Yeah, I think this will you know be helpful, especially as as parents who you know we we've had pets die uh, within my family, and it's you know you got the kid who asks the question. You, you want to know what you're going to say, so you don't have to lie to him or tell him something you don't believe to be true right, or, yeah. or whatever. So yeah, let's get right into this and. The way we want to start is just talking about the the Imago Dei or the image of God and the fact that animals are not made in the image of God mm-hmm. um, compared to man. And, and so looking at Genesis 1, 25 through 27, where this comes from, it says this, God made the beasts of the earth after their kind and the cattle after their kind and everything that creeps on the ground after its kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So right away, we get this again picture that mankind is set apart from animals. Now, of course, God does, after he created all the animals, did say it was good. So we knew that yep. it was a good thing. Yep. But there, there is a distinction to be made that we are not just you know, part of the animal kingdom that has evolved right. into that. We, we've obviously established that before, but uh, even though sometimes we may act like animals, there is very much a, a distinction there in being made in the image of God. Right. Yeah. People are not animals. That's, that's why, you know, if people try, or people try to say that a, a human being is, is a mammal, for example. Well, that's a classification of an animal and then we're not that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're not made in, 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 in the same way that animals are made. Um, they're made after their kind and their likeness, but we're made in God's likeness and, and, in his image. And what is the image of God? Well, John 4:24 says that God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. We'll just focus on that first part there. God is spirit. And the word for spirit is the same word for breath that we see throughout the Bible. And one of the things that happens when God created man is it said he formed him out of the dust and he breathed mm-hmm. into him and he became a living being. And so one of the distinguishing factors here that we have to see is that that man is both body, soul, and spirit. This three in one even. And this is sort of like the image of God that you're seeing. God's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit used to have body, soul, spirit here with us. We we are made in his image in that way. And so we're different than the animals because animals don't have that that spirit, if you will. Animals have a body. Uh, they have a soul, a personality. Uh, they have a mind, that sort of thing. But they don't have a a spirit. Uh, and so if animals are body, soul, and spirit, but don't, or so, sorry, animals are body and soul, but don't have a spirit, will they be in heaven? What does the, the Bible say about that? Because I think that is a big difference. You know, we, we have the ability to make those sorts of choices, moral agency, if you will. Yep. Um, and, and we have a spirit and animals don't. So yeah, will animals be in heaven? Well, I think it's a good question for us to look at as we go along. So I think we'll start out with just setting the stage that God does in fact care about animals. That's an important place to go for sure. 
Genesis 1.28, God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So I just established how God already said that it was good when he created these animals. So you know that that matters. But then God has now put us in a caretaker position. Yes. If God didn't care about animals, then why create man to be a caretaker of them? So obviously within the word... God must care about animals, and and so they were set for that purpose, and there was the the understanding that they needed, cared for, and ruled over. Yeah, and, and even with that, right, God in Genesis 128, which is just the next verse to which you read earlier in Genesis 1 about the image of God, yeah. it's making it clear that that God wants people to care for those animals, like to rule over them, as it said, you know, the, verse 27, mm-hmm. or excuse me, verse 26, um, the, the rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air. That ruling over them is to to care for them, to rule over them in such a way that we're showing God's love toward them, taking care of them as God would have us to do. Mm-hmm. And we know this because God wants to ultimately redeem all of us, uh, including creation and animals, after the fall, and all of creation was cursed, including the animal kingdom. Uh, we even see that uh, before the flood, there, there wasn't uh, meat eaters and all that stuff mm-hmm. uh, going on. Romans 8 speaks to uh, this. Romans 8, verse 19 through 22 says that there is this anxious longing of the creation, waiting eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself also will be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now. And what the Apostle Paul is saying is, just as God is going to come and redeem the children of God, rescue them from this sinful, terrible world, the rest of creation, God is going to do the same thing, because there's going to be a new heaven, there's going to be a new earth. And so there's this idea that God cares about animals in such a way and cares about his creation in such a way that he not only is he going to redeem those that put their faith and trust in Christ, but he's going to redeem the creation mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, and we'll see that uh, later on as we get into some verses in Revelation that uh, give us a picture of that towards the end of Revelation of the new heaven and the new earth. In a small way, you see it in the next passage you're reading. Yeah, Genesis 6, 17 through 20, it says this, Behold, I, even I, am bringing the flood of water upon the earth to destroy all flesh in which is the breath of life from under heaven. Everything that is on earth shall perish. But I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall enter the ark, you and your sons and your wife and your sons' wives with you. And of every living thing of all flesh, you shall bring two of every kind into the ark to keep them alive with you. They shall be male and female of the birds of their kind, animals of their kind, every creeping thing on the ground of its kind, two of every kind will come to you to keep them alive. So here we get this picture that even with the destruction of all that's on earth, God has a plan for man through Noah's family and also for the animals as well. It wasn't just Noah and like, yep, the the animals animals all die and that's it. But that to bring them on uh, on board as well to preserve, to preserve them to you know to yeah. go forward, and that's obviously why we have animals today. So there's there's a clear care even after we have the uh, you know the fall of man and all of creation that's impacted by it. God still cares for the animals, right? And that's why I want to connect it with that Romans eight passage yep. because the, the flood is literally how God preserved humanity and living creatures. But it's also a picture of Christ redeeming us and rescuing us and giving us new life afterwards where there's the new heaven and the new earth. And so in that, you also see animals being um, preserved. Yep. You see the same sort of care for God and preservation of life for people, but also animals. In Jonah 4, 11, after God had promised to bring destruction, 
and then he relented. Uh, listen to what he tells Jonah, because uh, Jonah's upset. He wanted yeah. God to destroy him. And God said to Jonah in Jonah 4.11, Should I not have compassion on Nineveh, the great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know the difference between their right and their left hand, as well as many animals? You see, God obviously has a different love for humanity than he does for animals, but what God is saying is, I'm preserving this, I'm protecting them because I care about the lives of the people, and I also care about the lives of the animals, mm-hmm. which I found so interesting. Yeah, um, he, he could have got off there at the end of verse 11 and just not mention the animals not mention the animals, but and we just go on with it. But yeah, it, I think it, obviously yeah. God's word matters, and we know it's all yeah. inspired by him, so that that those five words at the end definitely matter there. They do, because God is telling us he cares about, he cares about the animals. Um, and we see that that life, all life, God is is sovereign over all life, uh, and he cares about all life. Um, so Job 12.10, in his hand is the life of every living thing and the breath of all mankind. So you see that God is in control of the life of all people and all living things. Uh, Psalm 36, verse 6, your righteousness is the is like the mountains, O God. Your judgments are like the great deep. O Lord, you preserve man and beast. And so God is not only holding every life in his hand, but he's sustaining their lives and protecting them and preserving them because he cares. Mm-hmm. And, and Jesus brings up uh, God's care for animals. And, and Matthew 10, 29 and Luke 12, 6 is basically the same verse, just different in counts. And he says, are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. So talking about taking care of man and like if, how much more is God going to take care of man if even with sparrows that are worth nothing to humanity and this right, two, two, exactly. sparrows, you know, two sparrows sold for a penny is like nothing, but even that, they will not fall, they will not die apart from the will of God. So even, even what we view as nothing, even the mosquitoes that we think are completely worthless, God still had a purpose for, still has a care for. Yeah, I still think cats are excluded, but no, I'm, I'm just teasing. I, I'm in that boat with snakes. You won't be able to talk me <laughs> yeah. out of it. So, but but we, we, I'm, well, I love how you pointed that out, that that even to humanity, these things aren't worth much. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I'm, I'm glad you pointed that out is because it, again, shows the contrast. Like a lot of times for us, we think about our animals and our pets, and we're like, oh, where are they going to go? Will they go to heaven when we die and all that? And that's because we love them. We really do care about them. Yep. But the truth is, what Jesus was pointing out there is that God cares more about the animals than we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is creation. So for us, they're just oh, they're nothing. Two, they're they're worth a half a penny a piece. And and it says here that not one of them is going to fall to the ground apart from the Father's care. Like mm-hmm. he 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 knows he cares. Um, not only that, how we treat animals. Again, we were made to rule over them, protect them, treat them. Uh, Proverbs 12.10 speaks to that, and I love what it says. It says, a righteous man has regard for the life of his animal. Mm. There's a lot there in that verse. Um, so the implication is if you take care of your animal well, you care for it, you love it, you um, provide for it, all those things as God does, right, then that's righteousness. That's right standing with God. That's what God wants you to do because that's what God does. Mm-hmm. But in contrast, if you do not have regard for your animal, if you do not take care of it, do not provide for it, do not do the things that you should to respect it and and rule over it the way that God would have you, that is dishonor to God. That is unrighteousness, or a simpler way to say that it's sinful. Mm-hmm. It's sinful to mistreat an animal. Yep. So I think then we come to the question, will there be animals 
in heaven. We, we have some verses that, that may point to this. And starting in Isaiah 11, verses 6 through 9 is just a, you know, obviously Isaiah is a prophet, prophetic, talks about the life of Jesus and uh, even the, the new heaven and new earth, what things will be like yep. uh, in heaven. And so in, in chapter 11, verses 6 through 9, he says this, the wolf shall dwell with the lamb and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat and the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. So we know this is a picture for heaven, or for the new heaven and earth, anyways, because none of those things are happening right now. Right. Um Imagine, imagine a parent letting their uh, nursing child just chill with the cobra. Uh, yeah, the, the, so many problems with that. But, but you get this idea that here in what this new heaven and earth will be is that animals will be there, uh, a variety of them that are just listed here. Maybe, maybe more in this case based on what Isaiah is saying. And I mean, maybe it's you know just a, a picture of things, but you really get this idea in specific detail of you have these animals living in harmony, ones who in our earth today riddled with sin and death that hunt one another, kill one another, eat one another, that that's not going to be the case. Right. And I really like, and, and, and there's another passage I say we're going to get to before, before I, or after I say this, but I really, I really like how it describes this. I mean, it was the word of God. So I actually, I love it, but it, it is really describing pre-sin creation. Mm. So if you go back and read in Genesis in the creation, you see all animals were also vegetarian. Mm-hmm. And here it says the the bear is going to graze, the lion is going to eat straw like the ox. It's 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 like in, in the new heaven and the new earth, everything reverts back to the way it was in the Garden of Eden. Yeah, right. And I love it. So you see the same thing Isaiah sixty five twenty five. The wolf and the lamb shall graze together. Notice that here. How not in in Isaiah eleven it was the wolf and lamb shall dwell together. Here they will graze together. So what's the wolf eating? Same thing, the lamb's yep. eating grass. The lion shall eat straw like the ox. Again, it reiterates that. And it says, and dust shall be the serpent's food. They shall not hurry or destroy in all my holy mountain, says the Lord. So they're just there's no destruction anymore. They're not mm-hmm. killing one another. They're not attacking one another. Um, Zechariah 14.20, listen to what it says. Um, it says, in that day, so again, this is the new heaven. I thought this was In that day, there will be inscribed on the bells of the horses, Holy to the Lord, and the cooking pots of the Lord's house will be like the bowls before the altar. But the idea there is there's horses there. Yep. You know, they got bells on them, and it says holy to the Lord. Um, or even like Revelation, I'm not going to read this whole passage, but Revelation 6, 1 through 8, this is not a joyous time. This is the tribulation, the great tribulation, and we have the seals, the seven seals being opened up. But if you notice, as you go through that, you have the white horse, the rider on the white horse bringing the bow. Um, and you have not only a rider on a white horse, but the second seal uh, there comes one who's on a red horse, which, you know, is it a real horse? Uh, they looked and you got another seal and there's now a guy on a black horse. He's got scales. The next seal, you have a guy on a pale horse. So, so there's horses and where are these horses coming from out of heaven? Mm-hmm. And, and they're coming to bring this uh, tribulation, if you will, um, upon the earth. And so we see horses described as coming from heaven because where was John when he, when he, when he, Received this revelation. What was he looking into? What was he yeah, seeing? In, into heaven. He was seeing into heaven, and he sees horses uh, there. So uh, we see in, in the description of Isaiah, in the description of, of Zechariah, and the description of Revelation, 
animals in, in heaven, but but there's more. Yeah, and, and then continuing on Revelation nineteen eleven, and I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on it is called faithful and true, and in righteousness he judge and wages war. So again, the, the white horse being there, and then chat, and then verse fourteen, just a few verses later, says, and the armies of heaven, arrayed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses. So now you get multiple horses there. Uh, so I mean, of course, John is seeing this in a vision. And maybe there's some allegory, but seeing all this that you see, it, it seems pretty clear that, at least in this case, there are definitely animals mentioned here in heaven and in this picture that's seen in Revelation. And like you, like we talked about in Isaiah of what it's to be like, that I thought you what you brought up was great as this pre-sin Garden of Eden. That That's really yeah. how it was. Yeah, pre-sin creation. It's it's so interesting. And, and, and I'll look to Revelation 19, which you read, he's describing Jesus. Verse 11, he's describing Jesus, he's on the horse, and then he's describing the armies of heaven. So, this is either the angels or the angels and saints with the angels, Mm -hmm. um, and so on on white horses. Uh, Genesis uh, 124, um, you notice it says, uh, and let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock, creeping things according to their kinds. We read that earlier. Um, This is before the fall. Yeah, and I mean, there. so with that, there's animals before the fall in God's original sinless perfect design. So it makes sense, as we've been talking, that there's a possibility or strong possibility that there would be animals in the heaven that is a reflection of what the Garden of Eden was. And then Revelation 21.1 says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth passed away, and there's no longer any sea. So again, just pointing to what this new heaven and new earth will look like as we look at what the earth originally looked like without sin, again, gives us a good idea that it's going to be a very similar thing. Yeah, it's, it's, it will be new. The creation will be new. And so then you see like the like four verses later, Revelation 21 verse 5, he who sits on the throne said, behold, I am making all things new. And so he said, look, he who wrote these words is faithful and true. The idea, I guess, in all that, and the reason I want to bring all that up is before sin, when we had a perfect creation, there were animals. Mm-hmm. Um, after heaven, there'll be or after after the tribulation, that when God brings a new heaven and a new earth, um, we see animals described in Isaiah. We see animals described in Revelation. God's going to make all things new. I think the idea there is that He's going to make things like they were in the garden. So then, Jackie, I think the question comes down to we look at animals in heaven, but. Now, on a personal level, right? You said you got a zoo at home. You got all these animals. <laughs> yep. So I guess the question then we're, we're trying to get at, and probably that Tyranny's asking is, will your pets go to heaven? Yeah. And, and that's, that's the big question. Mm-hmm. That's the tough question. And all I can really do is point to Ecclesiastes 3.21. Solomon says this, Who knows whether the spirit of man goes upward and the spirit of beast goes down into the earth? The idea there is he's posing the question, I don't know, really. I'm confused. I, I don't understand this. Why is God, I don't know if people essentially, or if animals go to heaven when they die. That's, mm-hmm. that's really kind of what he's asking. Um, who knows, like this contrast, people go up, but animals just stay here on the earth. Like what, what happens there? Mm-hmm. We looked at the spirit and, and all, but the, the truth of the matter is um, Solomon didn't even know. Mm-hmm. He wasn't sure. And so I think it'd be difficult for us to be able to answer that with a certainty. I think what we do know for sure as we're going through this is that the Bible describes animals 
in heaven? Mm-hmm. Will they be our loved animals we had in the past? I don't, I, I don't, I'm not going to say they are. Yep. But, but we for sure know there will be animals in heaven. So I think when looking at this topic of animals in heaven, we believe from Scripture that there will be animals in heaven. Scripture describes animals in the new heaven and new earth, and we know from the creation account that a perfect, sinless world had animals in it. We know that God cares for animals, and that's shown time and time again in Scripture. Ultimately, though, we can't truly know if animals, or more specifically, our pets, go to heaven. We know that animals are not made in the image of God like humans, but we don't see anywhere in Scripture that forbids pets going to heaven, nor do we see anywhere that promises they will be there. At the end of the day, I think we have to take a similar stance to Solomon in Ecclesiastes 3 and just say we can't be certain, but based on what we've shared with you, we think that there will be animals in the new heaven and new earth. That concludes today's show. Thank you so much for listening, and we appreciate your support. God bless, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the 1717 Podcast. If you have any questions, please connect with us on Twitter or email us at 1717pod at gmail.com.